90s Now with Kelly Alexander and Sharon Hyland. Hey, look at that. That's us. How are you, Kill? Fantastic. How are you, Sharon? No complaints. And little Adam? Well, I'm great. <laughs> no one's going to listen to good. your complaint, Sharon. <laughs> well, that's true. I was going to say, except for the snow that we got. Oh, uh, whatever. That. We did get snow. Ugh. Um, but you know what? Mm. I don't even have any legit complaints about it because I thought it was kind of pretty. Right. Yeah, I was fine with it too. It's all good. Um, do you want to tell everyone uh, about your thumb condoms? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, my thumb, they don't exist yet, but I, I, I feel I have to create some sort of thumb helmet. A thelmet. A thelmet. Is it your portmanteau? Exactly. My portmanteau. Such a fancy word for such a a simple equation of taking one word and another word and making it a new word. Like thelmet. (laughs) Um, Anyways, I cut my thumb on the weekend before work, which, and then there was blood, and I'm like, what the heck? (laughs) And then you realize just how much you use your thumb for every single thing in your every single day. Yeah. And then just before we uh, came and met here to record, I uh, cut the other thumb. (laughs) Not as bad. There wasn't any blood shed. Right. But uh, it made me determine that I need a helmet for my my thumbs. (laughs) And then you called it thumb condoms. And that was and then, Well, yeah, because they do have those little plastic things, you know, like when you actually cut your thumb and then you have to put that on so that, you right. know, your guests don't enjoy the taste of your uh, <laughs> blood and flesh. Uh, but those aren't going to protect you from further injury. Right. And clearly, within less than a week, I have sliced up my thumb. <laughs> now, you know how deaths come in Yum. threes? Is injuries come in threes, too? Because, like, what's happening Uh-oh. next? In, uh, in, in, <laughs> in our world, it's sort of like just bad news comes in threes. Right. Okay, so, so we're, we're safe. I think so. Wear a helmet so. when you leave. Touch wood. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, just get a body helmet. Exactly. A, bel- so, a belmet. <laughs> so what's on the big show today, Sharon? <laughs> uh, today, how about this for a teaser? How would you feel if I told you Madonna was straddling Bruce Springsteen? I would That's believe you. <laughs> well, I will break that down in great conversation with my friends Kelly and Adam just shortly and celebrate some uh, extended Halloween vibes. Also, um, there's still a bit of sadness on the heart of one of our favorite rockers from the 90s. We've got uh, a story that kind of, um, I will say, kind of ticks me off about Kylie Minogue that we're going to talk about and a chance meeting that could have really changed the her game. Not that she needs a game change, but mm-hmm. maybe it would have changed our game. Who knows? Uh, and we'll do a take two, which means you'll be put on the spot, you guys, for a, for a quick turnaround on I'm going to give you an artist name, one of our faves from the mm. 90s, and you're going to give me your two favorite songs from that artist. It's going to be great. Ready to rock. Of course, there's trivia to deal with also. And just as a refresher, Kel, what's the score standing on that? Uh, nine <laughs> to nil. Ooh, for who? <sighs> Adam, that means nothing for you. I know. Ah, I'll take the nine. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> Just teasing, Adam. <laughs> and we should remind, again, our lovely listeners that Adam was born almost midway through the 90s. 1994 so is the year. Technically, I should be I should be where I am. Yeah, technically you should be. Anything Adam gets is like a cherry on top of a bunch of ice cream. <laughs> yeah. A 90s Sunday. So um, <laughs> if Madonna were straddling Bruce Springsteen, well, that would have never happened. He would have screamed for help, I think. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> it's more of a gruff sounding uh, Michael Bolton um, that impersonation is anyways but uh, with uh, Halloween in mind Mm -hmm. uh, the person that played Madonna 
was J-Lo. Jennifer Lopez. And not that Jennifer Lopez was straddling Bruce Springsteen, but uh, with uh, Alex Rodriguez playing the boss, it would make complete sense that the lovebirds would have been on the straddle on the Instagram. Yes, and everyone should check it out on uh, Jennifer Lopez's Instagram. And, and Alex Rodriguez is actually very Instagram active as well. So uh, that post surely is up there. Um, and it was so cute to see them together. And I love how like they're uh, still so lovey-dovey with each other several years into the relationship. Well, the uh, I guess if there's any controversy, aside from our you know very clever tease about the story, uh, the controversy would be that A-Rod did date Madonna. Yes, back in the day. So that's sort of, I don't know. I don't remember how long they were together, though. It felt like a hot minute. <laughs> very hot. Yeah. <laughs> Toasty, one <laughs> no might doubt. say. <laughs> uh, but I love like, uh, yeah, so when you go see the Instagram post, it's uh, Jennifer Lopez in Like a Virgin gear. Boy toy. Yeah. And then uh, I guess, Alex, was that like uh, what year? Like 1984? Is he tra- channeling the Bruce Springsteen also? Oh, yeah, because that would have been uh, the Born in the USA look. He has one too many bandanas going. Right. I thought so. But he's got a, a nice set of guns, though. So, so it was fair. I'll let him <laughs> off the hook yeah. for that one. But it's funny because, like, um, have you ever heard of J-Lo uh, having, like, thoughts about Madonna like I, I guess everything's cool because I know that I think it's Mariah Carey that claims she doesn't even know that Jennifer Lopez exists or something to that effect oh well yeah she's a, it's a continuing she won't even the artist who doesn't have a name right yeah, or whatever she, yeah she always intones like Jennifer Lopez doesn't exist which I I don't know why but I think it has something to do with the Tommy Matola days and Sony and all oh, that stuff my. I think so so that might well, be well that will be a remember there was also not dissension but between uh, Mariah and Whitney there was Kind of, well, maybe unspoken competition, or maybe it was just uh, the industry that was putting them against each other. Maybe. But they did but that duet together, 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 right? Yeah, they recorded yeah. that song. Wasn't it for, uh, it was for um, an animated movie, right? I just yeah. don't remember yeah, which yeah. one it was. Like Cinderella, then, but not. So maybe um, J-Lo and Mariah have to find an animated venture to uh, <laughs> to get over things with. Sing together. I, it seems, it's always weird to me that Mariah pulls that business you know what I mean because it Mm -hmm. seems like not necessary like she's Mariah Carey it's beneath her it is I'm still into the book by the way I'm uh, I'm fully into uh yeah like just how crazy the restrictions were put upon her by Tommy Mottola in their marriage like crazy business like what he, was it like? What can you give us an example? Of yeah, well, that weird? so I'm reading obviously the the meaning of Mariah Carey, her memoir, and um, apparently there was like microphones and cameras basically in every room of the house. Ex- Why? Because he wanted to keep tabs on her 24 seven. So I think it was like their bedroom didn't have it. I think, and I think her closet didn't have it. And I guess maybe the bathroom, but everywhere else, like, and and she would wake up in the middle of the night. Let's say to go just she just wanted to be away, like just away from him. And so she would, you know, go to the kitchen for a snack or whatever. And she'd be in the kitchen. And then all of a sudden she'd hear <laughs> like on the intercom. What are you doing? Ugh. Like, like he was. That's weird. Yeah. And so she's and she said she developed like a lot of I, I mean, she didn't use these words yet. I'm not sure if it's going to come up later on in the book. But basically to me. And again, I don't I say this word uh, knowing that it has very significant meanings to people who are in the military. Um, mm-hmm. But it was almost like, I would say, some level of PTSD, mm-hmm. you know, because she just for had sure. no, he wouldn't let her go out for dinner with her friends. 
Uh, she wasn't allowed to go do X, Y, and Z. And they ended up getting a therapist. And the therapist actually, the therapist was his therapist. And the therapist actually ended up siding with Mariah saying, you can't do this. Like, she needs to be able to go. And they actually had to negotiate that Mariah oh, could go out for dinner one night or something ridiculous like oh that. Like God. they had, and, and the thing was, they had to go to an event together. They had to be photographed together. And then she was allowed to go with her friends. Because well, Tommy think, always wanted... You know, based on this conversation, I think that I know why there weren't microphones in their bedroom. Possibly because he wasn't making her hit the high notes. <laughs> he couldn't have that come out. Maybe, Could you? Maybe not. But it's also really interesting is she actually... And, and this is like a running theme. I really think for the most part, she's not uh, interested in boudoir business for the most part. You know what I mean? like For anybody or for him? Well, I, obviously for him. And I do think later on she talks about um, her little moment with Derek Jeter. Like, I'm not sure if that was like a an affair. I don't think it was an affair, I th- but maybe. Like some level of it or just they were dating. But um, I think she did definitely have the hots for him. But it just sounds like she's not really ever into that. And I think because her sister got pregnant when she was really young, she even talks about in the early stages of the book how – she was never going to have that happen to her. Like, she wasn't going to get right. saddled with a kid and derail. Because she always knew she was going to be a singer. Like, that was mm-hmm. that was it. And nothing was going to take her off that path. So, um, but the book is really fascinating. It actually took me a little bit of while, or I should say a little while, to get through some of the early stages. Um, and it's funny because looking back now, I really think Mariah needed to get that out of her system. That's why she spent so much time at the beginning stages of the book talking about really specific incidences in her childhood. Really? Eh? Uh, because now it's rolling. Like, now we're into, like I said, her time with uh, Jermaine Dupree and, like, you know, working with Debrat, like, all this. And, yeah, like, at one point, um, they came over to do work, and she and Debrat went to go get French fries, and it was, like, pandemonium. Like, they had sent out, a, like, a search party for her. And she was, like, a Boy. mile away at a Burger King. And it was crazy. <laughs> wow. So, good book, She's though. She's free. She's free now. She's free now. She's free as a butterfly, Sharon, one might say. <laughs> she's sweet like honey yeah exactly one might say that too you ready for tri- uh, trivia or are we doing something else first? yeah no i think you know what we've got to we'll cover the sad news after we do some trivia and then uh one two punch that with some what news I got it 90s <laughs> now trivia bing bong bing bong yes Again, nothing if not consistent, the two of you. So uh, Sharon leading 9-0 at this point. And question number one. Go ahead. What is the name of Jennifer Lopez's debut album? Uh, It came out in July. Sorry? Go, Sharon. Sharon. Go ahead. Um, On the six. Yay! Go, Sharon. Go, girl. Go, Adam. Do you know the meaning of that album? I don't. (laughs) The meaning of that album is... Uh, when traveling to the studio, I think it was the studio to record it, uh, in answer to the question, well, how'd you get here? On the six. Huh. Yeah. Nice. The train. Yeah. Ten nothing, Adam. Ooh. Let's go, Adam. Here we Into go. Into the double D's. I should have got that question, though. Now, Adam, you have a have a fair shake at this. Oh. This next one. I usually never have a chance at the second question. Here we go. You have a fair shake at this. All right. Question number two. Name the Dawson's Creek star who was on season 28 of Dancing with the Stars. Sharon. Go, Sharon. James Vanderbeek. Oh, Sharon. <laughs> 11 to nothing. Adam, did you even know? I did not. 
Okay. He's so cute. He's so... Wait, well, James Vanderbeek or Adam? <laughs> well, both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they uh, are cute. Um, both, he, uh, he actually just recently left Los Angeles and they moved to Texas. Family. They, He's got like uh, 400 kids or something. Yeah, they do. Like five. Yep. And yeah, they, five is like 400. It is, yeah. And they just, I think they wanted to get out of Los Angeles for several reasons, but you probably remember that it's only been a few months since his wife uh, experienced the miscarriage. Yes. And so I think they needed to, and I feel like this is not her first miscarriage. I feel like maybe there was another one, but I'm only wow. guessing, but I feel like That's I remember tough. reading that. So I think they just mm-hmm. needed a fresh start. So they, they've moved to Texas. I'm not sure if they're hanging out with... Um, Matthew McConaughey, because I believe he lives there, too, full-time. So and just conversation with him would make it all right, all, all right, right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Back to you, Sharon. So 11 nothing. Let's remember that score for next That's week. Okay. Adam, you really oh. need to get this happening. I, I'll try. You know, I do try I, every week. I really hope you get a point before Christmas. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that's, a, that's, a fair, is, uh, uh, that's a fair objective. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> we have to set fair <laughs> objectives for ourselves. Yeah. I think that uh, I'm just happy to remember things. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that, Adam, you're younger than the decade would allow. And, you know, <laughs> and I'm past it and I forget it's stuff. It's not like yeah, I can whoop. study the 90s. You know, it's like it, it, so much has happened. There's there's not a book that says, "Oh, everything you need to know about the '90s." Our podcast is pretty much the, the biggest, the biggest That's '90s true. reference there is. This might be your best life lesson. I know. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Adam should be writing all the marketing for our show. <laughs> Five stars. Uh, there we go. Five stars. Sharon, no, look at you learning and going now. The well, I think we should cover some sad news, and it's mm-hmm. it's sad in the way that they think that everybody has gone through uh, loss and and uh, grieving. But Eddie Vedder mm-hmm. was saying in an interview with Howard Stern that he hasn't grieved for his friend Chris Cornell. Yeah, and how many years has it been now, Sharon? Huh. Like three or four? Is it already? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. First of all, it's crazy that it's already been three or four. Um, well, I guess it was 2017, so we're heading into year four. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he was talking to Howard Stern, and he said he's basically been in denial, and he said that he was terrified, basically, that if he let himself really feel the loss, he would go to deep, dark places that he didn't know if he could essentially handle. Mm-hmm. And so and it sounds like he he hadn't really seen Chris too often anyways over the last several years, so it's almost like he's been able to trick himself into saying, like, oh, well, I just haven't seen him, like, in a while. And that, I think, is one of the uh, tools of uh, grief anyways. I know from experience that I, you know, uh, and everybody has experienced loss, but there is that that fear of if you go there, you may not know how to come back from there fully. Right. And if you have the, the uh, it's sort of a catch-22, the benefit of not having seen that person regularly, then you're like, oh, I just haven't seen them. I'll see them again, you know? Mm-hmm. But then you're like, oh, wait, no, I won't. But it's easier to distract yourself from that and go on to, you know, not deal with it fully, but go and do something else, I think. Yeah, and I didn't realize – I knew they were obviously buds, but I didn't realize they were that close in the past. Like, they used to hang out. They used to go mountain bike riding together, um, like, just hang out and all that kind of stuff in Seattle. So it's crazy to – I guess for some reason there was some thought in my part that because they were two different bands that maybe there was a bit of competition between the two of them. But it sounds like not really. I think that, uh, and we, like we talked about in competition with the pop artists before, I think that that level of competition really comes from the the business side of things in a promotional sort of way. And 
for the case of Eddie Vedder and Chris Cornell in bands like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, who were both doing really well in the early 90s to establish what, you know, if we have to give it, if we have to, you know, uh, subjectify it by calling it grunge, it's, it's you know, great rock music. Um, I think it speaks really well of the community at that time yep. because it was a rich community of great bands. There was a lot of bands that came out of the early 90s from uh, the Northwest of uh, the United States. So it's nice that uh, if there was any sort of competition, it was likely more in the friendly way. Right. Of, oh, yeah, you did that? Watch, we're going to do this. But it's it's artistic fun battle versus, oh, yeah. Like, I don't think that carries out of the playground, do you know? <laughs> I think that you're interested in supporting your community and encouraging them to do better and hopefully that inspire you to do better with your band, et cetera. That said, there is that weirdo uh, <laughs> um, competition, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, between Jack Bla- uh, Jack White and uh, Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys. Oh, is there? Huh. Oh, yeah. It's it's a bit bonkers. Wow, that's but crazy. Both of them are both of them are a little bit <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I that's remember. not record company based. They each have issues with each other, and they're both sort of like what. <laughs> yeah, I know that um, I don't think Madonna did any favors for herself back in the early 90s when she had some angsty towards uh, Miss Janet. And then there was like uh, a bit of back and forth there, I would say, into the early 90s or mid 90s, I think. There was some commentary on both sides. But uh, Madonna mentioned. But you her- wonder at that point if that was also, you know, oh, did you hear what so and so said? Like if it was their. Oh, their, their people, their teams? Their people. Yeah, you know, planting seeds to create something. I got a gist that 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 I I think it almost was. It ended up being like there was just if you were either on Team Madonna or Team Janet or even Team Paula Abdul for a while because the three of them were kind of up for the same awards and all that kind of stuff. And I've heard it through some of the dancers that worked back then that yeah, there was definite like which team you were you were riding, you know. So, well, what again when you think of artists like. Uh, uh, Katy Perry and Taylor Swift, who have big shows that they put on, and the they had competition with them mm-hmm. in their you know stealing or sharing of dancers. Let's say mm-hmm. they at least they provide great entertainment for their fans, and they're committed to putting on big shows like that. So yeah, but yeah, I'm just looking for positives. I like. Have you seen a Katy Perry <laughs> show? Because I really I want to. I just haven't been there yet. I really I think the next uh, time she comes, I'm no. gonna. I think she's I have fun. Not seen. Have you seen her, Adam? I have not. I bought tickets once for her show. So mm-hmm. I, I, I buy the tickets. And I then realized after that I was going to be out of the country that day. So <laughs> oh my. I ended up selling the tickets and went on my trip. Uh, Smart move. Wow. Thank yeah. you. So I, no, I did not. I ne- ended up not seeing uh, Katy Perry. That's interesting. And by the way, full circle moment, that Katy Perry and Janet Jackson were, I guess, two years ago, were out on tour at the same time, maybe or maybe 2017. And uh, I know that Katy Perry and her dancers went to go see Janet's show. Wow. Cool. So I thought that was pretty. And then like, you know, mentioned it on social media and it was cool. And I think I think they might have even seen each other backstage or something. But it, like, it's cool. Paying proper tribute. Exactly. Now, uh, the the uh, story that kind of ticked me off. Yeah, that, tell, tell uh, us, Sharon, why this is ticking well, you off. It's that Kylie Minogue Prince story that we read about how they almost recorded a song together, but kind of did, but kind of didn't. It seemed to lack some details from what I could see, but the gist of it is that they met after a show, uh, and once she told them that she was working on a new album, he suggested they do a duet. Yeah. 
Uh, long story short, he sends a demo over called Baby Doll, and that was that. So the there's there's bit, <laughs> bits missing. I mean, the part where she says she's, you know, doesn't really write lyrics, but here, and he's like, well, write them. Where do you want your microphone? Like, little setup stuff. And then cut to the chase. He sends a demo over with his driver on a cassette, and and then nothing. And then she, in this article, she goes on to say that, uh, or explain that her label at the time wasn't keen on the idea of Prince recording all of the instrumental parts himself for the track, but... And that she also doesn't know where the cassette is? Please. <laughs> right. I'm not surprised about, do you believe, like, I believe her on the label stuff, because that sounds like something that somebody, you know when there's too many cooks in the kitchen, like. Well, yeah, but at what point do you dispute Prince's contributions? When mm-hmm. you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think that like, there's. Like, oh, I don't know if he if he's done all the instruments. I don't know about that. I bet you like, it was over the the propriety of it. You know what I mean? Like, meaning, like, is he going to own all the music and all that stuff? And they probably wanted to own, you know, I have a feeling. But it's... imagine, maybe you could have a conversation and yeah. work it out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good idea, business people. I just so think... she has no, no track of this cassette. Yeah. I would have, like, put that in a vault. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when Prince, not, like, not in your purse. You. Yeah. <laughs> Where the oh. the perfume might tip over and damage it. Well, even that, I think of when I had a I had a boatload of cassettes back when that was a good option. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> and and like I would have been able to tell you where every one was. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think if my if I next leveled myself and got to a point where, you know, Prince is writing a song with me, I would put <laughs> it in a special place. You know, I don't know. Anyway, so that's why it ticked me off because I'm like, really? Yeah. I'm not sure if I believe your story. Exactly. That's So that's that. Now, the great news is mm-hmm. that we're going to do a take two in a moment. Let's do that. Yes. But right. you know what? Mm. I think that there's uh, uh, the other news about a holiday album. <laughs> I love it. I love it because it's fun talking about holiday albums, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But I think 2020 needs this particular <laughs> holiday album. Yes. Called Christmas in the Islands by who, Cal? Shaggy. Yes. <laughs> Shaggy. I love it's going to be awesome. Oh, my goodness. It's so exciting. And I love that he's worked with a bunch of different uh, people, including uh, Joss Stone. Um, yeah, she's awesome. And then he's actually also worked with uh, some of because I recently interviewed Shaggy about maybe three or four months ago That's because true. he had that song Banana that was, went nuts, uh, like kind of around the planet. It was a fun sort of party tune as per usual. And so there's a fellow Jamaican artist named Conqueror, and uh, they did that track together. And so he's now had Conqueror on this Christmas album as well. So there's like a lot of things going on. Um, Neo is on there as well. And cool. uh Omi is going to be on the the track and it just sounds like they've really uh, recorded a bunch of like I feel like they are mainly originals right Sharon like they seem like there's a lot of original island Mm -hmm. Christmas tunes and I think even if he were to do Jingle Bells it (laughs) it would come out original yeah I think so I'd want to hear (laughs) that Mr. Lava Lava (laughs) yeah (laughs) it wasn't me it wasn't me yeah exactly Um, but I love that there's this artist uh, I'm assuming he's Jamaican as well because there's a song on the album called Holiday in Jamaica Holiday in Jamaica featuring Neo and Ding Dong (laughs) that's a great artist name I've never heard of this person but I like it oh my god yeah and then there's somebody else on a Christmas album so it's called Ragamuffin Christmas (laughs) featuring Junior Reed and Bounty Killer 
Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Slightly less than festive. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. Um, and there, yeah, there just seems to be like a good amalgamation of uh, like, you know, Christmas tunes that everyone would know, like Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, but then these new uh, Christmas uh, tunes, like No Icy Christmas. I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's actually a line in that song that goes something about, like, I don't want ice, but only... Oh, so last night... Yeah, that's it. One of the lines goes, I don't want no icy Christmas. The only ice I want is to see in my cup with some rum. So, <laughs> oh, very nice. Festive. So Shaggy can... Uh, but I know, like, he's been stuck at home because when I interviewed him, you know, four or five months ago, uh, he intoned that it was, like, a bit challenging for him because he's usually on the road, like, half the year. And right. I also think his wife was tired of him being home, to be honest. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I was getting that sense. So I think he took a lot of that free time and obviously put together the, the Christmas album. That's my, my sense. So Shaggy, did you leave the bread out? Wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> did, you make, did you not do the laundry? Wasn't me. Uh, yeah, she probably wanted him out. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a fantastic uh, Christmassy business with Shaggy. And also, I just wanted to give a shout out to a, a, a Today artist, uh, the Jonas Brothers, um, put out a single called I Need You Christmas and it's delightful. So I like them. And, and like it's it's such a... Because I, I think you and I have had this discussion before, Sharon, where it's so hard to write a new original that people will embrace for Christmas stuff. Like yep. you know, people just don't do it. That's why everybody sings Let It Snow a million times. Um, it's true. And you know what? Mariah Carey <laughs> has set the bar and everybody's like, you know what? I think we can do it. Yeah. And they can't. Good luck. They can't, but it's great when they try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I've even heard some, like, I, I won't say names, but I've heard of, like, like there's a fairly big pop star who I just won't name because I, I, I do like her and I don't want to slag her, but the song's pretty terrible. Like, it's Christmas and it's just, I'm not sure what vibe they were going for. It was like poppy, kind of edgy, poppy Christmas. And I who was, is it? can't say it. But um, I'll tell you later. But uh, yeah, no, mm -mm. no, not happening. Kelly's going to tell me later, and I'm going to tell you guys. <laughs> <in the show. laughs> I don't know why she's trying to protect this person, unless it's Janet. No, it's not Janet. Janet, I don't think it would do a Christmas tune. Oh right, she she doesn't celebrate, right? As far as I know. Yeah, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly's eyes just darted to the side. Uh, don't talk about it. <laughs> It's okay if you don't celebrate Christmas. There's a lot of uh, I think she does though Jewish just... people that have written the most successful Christmas songs. Yeah. So. No, I think she does. I just think well, I mean, she grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, so I think it wasn't uh, in her early beginnings, but I think she did embrace it over the years. And like I know, I think she was like 25 or something before she had her first like real birthday party. So well, that's because they don't celebrate that either. They don't know. All right. Well, uh, we're near the end of this phantasmic episode yeah uh, so i need you uh i need to take two from both of you, you ready yeah ready the artist is whitney houston Woo! who's going first i'll go first because i'm excited about go. this oh. go so, adam um, i mean you can't go past by i will always love you oh good call you just can't adam you're so you're so sentimental i'm tearing up right now <laughs> and the other one i'll go to the now because okay. I Ooh. absolutely loved this song, and I still love it. Um, Kaigo's remix of Higher Love. Oh, right. Oh, which nice. Which I yeah. really, mm -hmm. really, really, really love. And I'll cool. get to say it because it's from the now of 90s Very now. good. You're well-balanced. Yeah. <laughs> Kel, what do you think? Um, I absolutely adore I'm Every Woman, so yeah. that's... That's my jam. And then my other jam uh, is It's Not Right, But It's Okay. Guess what? Is yours the same? 
Both of mine what? are the same. No way. I swear to God. Oh my God, that's so crazy. No kidding. I thought you were going to say, get... like, my name is not Susan. Nope. <laughs> it's not. But no, no, both of those are mine also. And I okay. put a close third in as uh, I'm your baby tonight. Oh, yeah, that's very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this yeah. is a take two, not a take two with a close <laughs> take third. Take two and a half. So it's not right, but it's okay. Thunderpuss remix. I was waiting for that. Right? Right. Uh, and I'm every woman. Come on. You cannot mm. beat. Yeah. That song. It's funny Chaka because Khan doing the original, but also giving the backing vocals on yep. it. And like Ashford TLC and was in the video. Like it's all. Oh, by the way, I recently, I know we're, we're just about out of time, but um, I recently saw something with Shaka Khan and they were asking mm -hmm. her if she wanted to collaborate with Ariana Grande. She's like, like, no. Like, <laughs> oh my. Like super and like super like, no. Like I'm good. Kind of like, kind of like uh, Crystal not wanting to work yeah. with Cece. Yeah, like that. It's nice when they don't miss wor mince words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, uh, cheers to a great week. Thank you, everybody, for listening and uh, finding us wherever you do. If you want to share your take two on Whitney Houston with us, feel free to do that on any one of our social media platforms. And thank you for listening to 90s Now, still happening.